Welcome to Mission in Action, the audio experience for Newground, a Muslim-Jewish partnership for change. We are a nonprofit with a vision of an American society where Muslims and Jews are empowered to create lasting partnerships and engage in authentic communication and mutual cooperation. On this podcast, you'll find a mix of our keynotes, workshops, interviews, speeches, and other audio from events led by our team. This week's episode is from Newground's 2014 Spotlight Storytelling event. Our speaker is Ingrid, and her story is entitled Converting from Judaism to Judaism. We hope you enjoy. This is my fourth year here at Newground Spotlight, and I love this event. Thank you. Blending in at a Jewish event, so much easier when people can just assume that I'm Muslim. To clarify, I am Jewish with Eastern European Jewish ancestry. For those of you now thinking, but she doesn't look Eastern European, uh, this is not a magic tan, I'm also half black. Throughout my life, I've had my identity questioned and a lot of my Jewish experience really has been shaped by the many ways that I can answer that question. How am I Jewish? I say I was born Jewish. My neshama, my soul, was connected to this body before I even drew my first breath outside the womb. I was raised with Jewish family. Emphasis on Jew-ish in that category jade-ate list as culturally Jewish but not practicing. This meant I ate bagels and knew how to kvetch in Yiddish and celebrated Hanukkah and had Passover seders with my family. Throughout school, I was the token Jew. Uh, in a Catholic high school and a class called Jesus of History, Christ, Faith. I knew intellectually I was Jewish. Non-Catholics had to sit out certain activities, so along with my Muslim classmates, who knew how to rock a hijab even in private school uniform plaid, I embraced my religious identity in contrast to the majority. When I got to college, I started increasing my observance, started keeping kosher, going to Friday night prayer services. I signed up for Hebrew class, to which my Jewish family's response was the very practical, why don't you learn something useful, like Chinese? (laughs) I was exploring my roots. Uh, The brand new internet superhighway, Al Gore had invented that by the 90s, so I was able to trace my roots with the last name Dombrower that went all the way back to the city of Dobrowa in Poland. I was discussing my heritage over a fork full of kosher food at a Shabbat dinner at my campus Hillel when I was told, but Don Brower's your dad's family name. You're not really Jewish. And it was a punch to the gut. So yes, the Jewish half of my family is my father's side. In Reform and Karaite Judaism, as in Islam, dad's heritage counts. But for other Jews, having a Jewish mother or converting are the only two ways to be accepted as a full-fledged member of the tribe. So the space between my identity and that public perception was like an open wound. I'd go to morning minion and pray, and some days I'd pray extra loud because I'm an overachiever. And I had something to prove to the people who questioned my legitimacy. It is really hard being wholly conscious of God's transcendent nature 
when you're busy being self-conscious around God's followers. And I considered conversion, but why? What was I converting from? Judaism was in my DNA, the Polish Holocaust records, my family traditions, my personal beliefs, my diet, my daily rituals. How could official approval make it any more part of my life? So by medical school, I was out of the closet, very proud to be Jewish, was celebrating obscure religious holidays, flamboyantly tossing around phrases like benching Gomel. It's a prayer when you survive danger, like medical school. (laughs) The irony is that for every increase in my observance that would have been appreciated by a court of rabbis judging a conversion, alienated me further from the other modern source of Jewish judgment, which is (laughs) J-Date. Let me illustrate. Didn't grow up in the valley or the tri-state area. It's not really Jewish. Knew how to bench Gomel when escaping the valley or the tri-state area. That's too Jewish. (laughs) Passing on the pastrami and pickles at the deli. Not that Jewish. Not eating any meat unless it's specifically marked kosher. That's too Jewish. Not going to Jewish sleepaway camp during the summer. Not that Jewish. And yet, spending Friday night praying at a synagogue was way, way too Jewish for some guys to date. I decided on a Friday night at a conservative synagogue to get out of that space between. The rabbi's sermon that night was on tzaddikim, righteous ones. And he encouraged congregants to be Jews not just in name but in action. He was probably giving a guilt trip to get temple volunteers for the next project, but I was inspired. This was my chance to stop being a spectator on the spotlight, on the sidelines. I was going to express my faith by contributing to the community. So I went up to the rabbi with my best put me in coach attitude. I had been training my whole life to sing in the choir and lead liturgy and plan events for young professionals. And he stared at me like I was an alien and suggested maybe I'd learn something about Judaism first. There was an 18-week introductory class offered at the university for a few hundred dollars. Ah, But what's the urgency? I probably had other things to focus on. And I was poker-faced, and I nodded, and I thanked him. And then I left really quickly before I started crying in front of everybody in the sanctuary. I knew, according to Jewish law and tradition, that rabbis are supposed to discourage converts. Three times they're supposed to turn them down as an initial test of faith. But I didn't feel tested. I just felt hurt. Why didn't Judaism want me? In a near-empty sanctuary, full of half-sleeping congregants. This rabbi begged for people to get active. And here I was, young, passionate, intelligent, and I'm cute, too. (laughs) Surely, Judaism should want me. 
So I went back and I told that rabbi I did have a sense of urgency about conversion. If I can't participate until I'm official, make me official. And this time, he dismissed me and added insult to injury by saying, you're not even in a relationship, so it's not like you have a marriage to convert for. This time I was angry. Judaism had rejected my mother's attempts to convert before my parents were married, blocked my entrance to Hebrew school because I didn't have a mother who was Jewish, and now it was negating her incredibly important influence on my Jewish life and disregarding my whole Jewish experience. This was a religion that would point out any bacon cheeseburger-eating yokel, grab them off the sidewalk, slap a kippah on their head, welcome them with open arms. Why couldn't they confirm something that was so important to me? According to Pirkei Avot, Wisdom of Our Fathers, there's three pillars to Jewish life. One, studying the Bible, Torah. That I could do on my own. Two, acts of loving kindness. Got that covered. Number three is prayer, much of which is supposed to be done in a community. I didn't want to be part of any community that didn't want me. And I felt that way for years. And then I went through a number of losses back to back. A long-term relationship ended. I moved to a new city, I lost a job, and then my grandmother passed away one year. And although it's not necessarily halakhically by Jewish law to say a prescribed prayer for any of those losses, I needed to mourn. I needed to be comforted by community. And I couldn't experience the entirety of Judaism unless I could participate as a fully recognized member. So I contacted a different rabbi, and I gritted my teeth through 18 weeks of classes. And I had a little bit of an attitude, which showed when I scheduled the date for my mikvah. I picked June 19th. So Juneteenth is an African-American holiday, celebrating the Emancipation Proclamation, when former black slaves found out that finally they were free and had full human rights, not just considered three-fifths of a person. I, my conversion was approved by three rabbis who asked me, no, do you know what you're getting into, joining a persecuted minority? <laughs> and I nodded <laughs> silently. <laughs> thinking, Oy, am I an overachiever at being a persecuted minority? <laughs> In the decade since my conversion from Judaism to Judaism, <laughs> I have celebrated an adult bat mitzvah ceremony and sung with the choir and led liturgy and planned events for the surprisingly large number of Jews who have dual black, Asian, and Latino heritage. I've been proud to work alongside rabbis whose soulfulness and intellect I greatly admire, and whose influence I think will make the upcoming generation of Jews a more welcoming one for multiracial and same-sex and interfaith families. I still wrestle with God, 
figuring out a level of observance that's right for me. And I still wrestle with God's followers, both the secular skeptics and the ultra-Orthodox who feel that my conversion within the conservative movement is still not Jewish enough. It must be in my DNA <laughs> that I keep choosing to be part of this crazy Meshuga community. But through my Judaism, I stand in the light of God, and God is in me, and there is no space between, except that I still have to wrestle with that idea of renewing my subscription to J-Date. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, I'm Aziza Hassan, the Executive Director of Newground, a Muslim-Jewish partnership for change. Thank you for sharing your time with us today and for listening to this episode of our podcast. At Newground, we believe that conflict is natural and inevitable, yet not intractable, no matter the history. Being stuck is a choice. That's why we build relationships between Muslims and Jews so that they can transform their communities through lasting partnerships. If you'd like to learn more about our mission or support this podcast and Newground's work, please visit mjnewground.org. That's M for Muslim, J for Jew, newground.org. Or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you.